Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First United Methodist Church. We are so glad you're joining us this morning for worship on this Labor Day Sunday. We'll actually kind of be continuing our commandments series this week with one final command from Jesus that he calls a new command. I do want to remind you this morning that we'll be sharing in communion towards the end of the service. And if you're watching at home, that means you can provide the elements today. We ask that you grab some sort of food, some sort of drink to be able to share in the Lord's Supper with all of us together. And with that, will you join me in the call to worship? We praise God with music and great joy. God looks upon us with favor. God rejoices in our loving compassion for others. Thanks be to God who offers us new life. Amen. This time I invite you to join in our call to prayer. You'll find the words scrolled on the screen. God ever present yet ever new, guide us by your word and spirit. Hear our prayer, O Lord. In your light, may we see clearly what you call us to do. Hear our prayer, O Lord. In your truth, may we know how best to follow you. Hear our prayer, O Lord. And in following you, may we find true peace through Christ our Lord. Hear our prayer, O Lord. This time we're going to take some silence for us to turn our hearts and minds to God. I'll share a pastoral prayer, and then we'll join together in the Lord's Prayer. You'll notice names and concerns that will be uh, on your screen, so you can pray with your eyes open as you wish during this time of silent prayer and the pastoral prayer. Uh, hopefully by visualizing these names, they'll be resting on your hearts, not just today, but the rest of the week. Let's pray.
Lord, we ask for your spirit to move among us. It seems more and more we're hearing of COVID cases among people that we know, people that we're related to, people we care about, even in our own congregation. So we lift those persons up now that you might give them the strength they need to fight off this virus, help them recover without long-lasting implications for their life, and give them the assurance that the enemy is this virus, not one another, not themselves. Remove any shame they might feel from what comes with this virus, And more than anything, we pray that you might bring some unity in our country. Unity is surrounding about the precautions we need to take to protect one another. Unity among the racial tensions we've experienced. And we pray that we'll look beyond this election that is coming up and not look so much at our enemies, but remember that you call us to love our enemies. We pray for unity that we need to deal with all the challenges and struggles that we have. And more than anything, we hope that people experience the assurance of your love and salvation that only you can provide to us, to know that we are secure in your unconditional love. It gives us a strength that goes beyond anything that we may face in this world and certainly deal with the the demons that we often have in ourselves as we bring self-doubt, sometimes depression. We are not who we are because of what we produce, but because you have created us and you love us. So we remember all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the one who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Godwin, Godwin, where are you? Here I am, Olivia. Oh, I'm exhausted. What have you been doing? Gardening. Good bird. Now, your mom has just sent me to ask you to go set the table before your friend Octo comes. No way! I'm not doing that! That's such a boring job! Why doesn't mom like someone else to do it? Oh, Godwin, let me ask you a very simple question. Uh, Go on, then. Do you love your mom? Well, of course I do, Olivia. I love her lots and lots. I tell her all the time that I love her. You know that I do. Godwin, let me tell you something. When you love someone, it isn't enough to just say, I love you. Love is an action word. But I also give her a kiss at bedtime. That's lovely, Godwin. But the most important way we can show our love for someone is what we do for them. Well, I've just done some gardening for my mom. Look at how dirty my wings are. And I think there's even a twig in my hat. That's really great. But your mom now needs you to set the table. But I ain't setting the table. Why should I have to do that? Because doing what your mom has asked you to do, in other words, obeying her, is one of the best ways to show your mom that you love her. But it's so much effort setting the table. And it's really hard to do without fingers and thumbs. Loving someone else takes effort, Godwin. Think about how much effort your mom puts into cooking a nice meal for you and your friend Octo. 
Well, yeah, but Mom likes cooking, and I don't enjoy setting the table. Do you think your mom enjoys washing your socks? Oh, yuck, gross. No, I, I think that's a horrible job. How about all the other things your mom does for you? She may not enjoy doing those jobs, and most of them take a lot of effort and time, but she does them because she loves you. And she never complains, like me. Right. All right, Olivia, I'll go and set the table for Mom now. Well done, Godwin. And next time your mom asks you to do something, do it right away, won't you? That would be a lovely surprise for her. Actually, I have a big surprise for Mom in the garden. Oh, yes. You said that you were gardening. What have you been doing? I just finished weeding all the gardens in the entire front yard. I noticed that the flower border was rather bare. I thought that perhaps your mom had decided to put some new plants in, although she has only restocked the garden last year. Olivia, I thought it was time I did something without being asked, so I got my trowel and I dug up all the weeds. Mom was saying that she needed to weed that garden, so I did it for her. So what have you done with your mom's plants? What plants? I thought everything in that garden was a weed. Oh, Godwin. Today's scripture reading comes from John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. I'm glad you've joined us this morning. I wanted to cap off our Ten Commandments series with one additional commandment that Jesus gives to his followers. Love each other. This is a bit of a confusing command because the idea of loving one another was already a command, right? The greatest commandment and the one like it, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, lays out the idea of loving one another, right? So why is this commandment new? I would suggest that it's how we are to love each other that's important here. Jesus says, love each other just as I have loved you love one another. Which brings up the real question for today, which is how did Jesus love? That's what we need to get into to understand this new commandment. But before we dive into that, I think it's important to recognize that this idea on its face is something that I would guess just about everyone listening already knows and accepts, that we should love like Jesus. I don't think anyone who understands even just the basics of Christianity would argue against Christ followers loving like Jesus. But that doesn't stop Christians from having very different ideas about what that means. I think some of it is the level of knowledge each person has about the life of Jesus. How much of it have we actually read about or studied or understood? Then there's the interpretation of his actions and words and what they mean. And those interpretations, especially when we have limited knowledge, are influenced by our own experience, by our own opinions, by our own knowledge. Said differently, when we encounter new situations and it or information, we view those things through a lens. That lens is typically determined by our past experiences, by our knowledge, by our beliefs, 
And in recent years, it seems those lenses are becoming more and more polarized. We see something happening on the news, and it is immediately framed in our minds within our political ideology. And when filtered through that lens, we start from a place of disagreement with the other side, who even the protagonist and antagonist is in the story. This new command of loving like Jesus can get misconstrued when we look first through our own lens at Jesus' love. And it should be said that for the most part, we really don't have a choice in this. Our lenses exist, period. But recognizing that can help us work towards an objective look at the life and love of Jesus Christ. But when we allow our biases to help determine what that love actually means, instead of studying the life of Jesus to understand what he meant, we're moving in the wrong direction. Our political ideologies and moral compass should not determine what loving like Jesus means. Learning about how Jesus loved should determine our political ideologies and our moral compass. And if that statement rubs you the wrong way, then you're being ruffled by the idea of putting God first in your life. And don't get me wrong, I struggle with this idea as well, but we should name the struggle what it is, which is the struggle to not give God control of our lives because we want to hold on to things we shouldn't be holding on to. As an aside, the divisiveness that is becoming so prevalent in our society likely means that most of us hear those words that I just said about statements rubbing the wrong way and needing to give God control. And instead of them being introspective, we think of our opponents and hope that they're listening and learning from that. I hope you will take the time to be introspective of these words. Because this is something we can all do better. To love as Jesus loved and to use the life and love of Jesus as a lens through which we determine our beliefs and not the other way around. We should spend time talking about how Jesus loved today and what it means to love like Jesus. Our scripture today came from the Gospel of John. So we might gain some insight as to what John thinks of this love by looking at how he described Jesus or the stories he chose about Jesus leading up to these verses. Because remember, we only have snapshots. We have stories or things that happened in Jesus' life, but we're missing days and months and years of activity. The gospel writers chose to include what they did for a reason. So let's look at John. After attending a wedding and performing his first miracle, Jesus then encounters Nicodemus, a Pharisee going against the other Pharisees to meet with Jesus. And then in the next chapter, he talks to a Samaritan woman, then to a man who had been sick for 38 years, and then to a crowd that couldn't feed themselves. After teaching in the temple, he's he is confronted with and saves an adulterous woman. And then he heals a blind man, raises a dead man, 
and rides into town on a donkey. All but two of these stories leading up to these verses in John is about Jesus going to a new location and finding the people that others had shunned and creating community with them. An ostracized Samaritan woman is about the most untouchable person imaginable to a male Jew. And yet, Jesus strikes up a conversation and ends up using her to help her whole town. The disabled, lying around a pool said to have healing powers, were put there to get them out of the way. And Jesus goes to them. A man who is born blind, accused of sin, or his parents' sin, that caused his blindness. A woman who is to be stoned, used as a trap for Jesus. They didn't need to bring her to Jesus, according to the law, to stone her. They could have done it. But instead, they used her as a trap. Again and again, Jesus builds into and connects with those least likely to be in communities. And the other Gospels share those stories as well. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, being called down from a tree to host Jesus and eating with prostitutes as society around him grumbled and admonished him for keeping company with those people. And then, in the Gospel of John, Jesus washes his disciples' feet and tells them, As I have loved you, love one another. And so we should just love everyone and forget about our differences and everything will be better. Right? Unfortunately, that is where a lot of these messages end up. Because it's easy to hear a sermon about love and building bridges with people you disagree with. It's nice and comfortable to be able to ignore the issues and just love everyone like Jesus did. But that's not the message of Christ either. The love of Christ can also be divisive, but for different reasons than we're used to. Jesus even said in Matthew, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Because the love, the radical love that Jesus commands us to have also fights oppression. It loosens chains of injustice. Jesus calls us to serve the least of these because that is where you will find the oppressed. And I think, I think we want to think of ourselves as the leads in a lot of these stories. We want to be the man that is being healed, not the people who left him by a pool. We want to be the ones who were asked to host Jesus in their home not grumble because he's eating again with a tax collector. We put ourselves in the shoes of the Samaritan in the Good Samaritan story and miss the entire point Jesus is making to the man who couldn't even name the Samaritan as the helper because he hated him so much. 
because we're not the leads in the stories. A lot of times we are the crowd that is grumbling that Jesus is doing what he's doing, or the crowd who's tossing an adulterous woman at Jesus' feet, demanding that we get to exact the punishment that she deserves under the law. If she just wouldn't do anything wrong, we wouldn't be here. We're not the blind man. We're the disciples asking, what did he do wrong that he's blind? What evil did he do that made him deserve to be like this? And Jesus again and again says, no, you have it wrong. We have it backwards. We are looking through our lens to determine what God's love is and who deserves it instead of allowing ourselves to be transformed by the love of Jesus and use that love to view our world. We are not the heroes of the story. We are the oppressors, warned against our fate if we can't open our eyes to the truth. Because the stories weren't meant for the blind man. They weren't meant for the Samaritan woman or the tax collector. Those people already knew what it was like to be ostracized. They already understood oppression and what it does. The stories were meant for us. Us looking at the characters and trying to fit into a role that doesn't actually fit our situation because admitting that we are the antagonists doesn't fit our ideas. It doesn't work through our lens. Jesus gives a new command to love like him. Because even the bad guys love those who love them back. A new command. Love like Jesus. Finding the marginalized and building community into them. Reframing our own thoughts to see the world as Jesus does. Realizing that loving like that will put us at odds with those who don't want to change. Realizing that loving like that necessitates building our thoughts on, or in our thoughts on morality and politics and community on Jesus' love as a foundation. Realizing that loving like that changes things. And realizing that loving like that is exactly what got Jesus killed. And it starts with each of us taking the time to understand the life and love of Jesus and allowing it to shape who we are, not the other way around. Amen. Hello, I am Joseph Chimbanda and uh, this is my wife, Anna. Why Anna and I passionate with the Crop Hunger Walk. For more than 30 years, we coordinated, walked, raised funds while in Muncie, in Denver, Colorado, and now here at the Novus First United Methodist Church.
1977, Anna with our little five children fled Angola to adieu the war torn. They were stranded in Lisbon, Portugal, waiting for the refugee status granted it to enter the United States while I was a student at Ball State University in Mansi. While Anna and our children in Portugal, the Church World Service sent a check of $1,000 to Anna without us knowing the source of the money. Our children had a great joy to see the food on table. Later on, we found out the money came from Crop Hunger Walk. Our dog, Peaches, always walks with us, so I made her little outfit. Hi, I'm Linda Davies, and Tom and I have walked the Crop Walk in Noblesville ever since we've been here, and our church has promoted it. This year, it's different. Why? Because of COVID. And it's going to be called a virtual walk. Virtual means that we're not gonna actually go to a particular place and walk a certain route. No, each of us gets to choose how we're gonna walk. Even though it's a virtual walk, the need is real. People are hungry here in Noblesville and they're hungry around the world. All you have to do is sign up and register. And it's so easy this year. All you do is go to our church's website, noblesvillefirst.com, and you scroll down until you see the little box that says Crop Walk. You click on it, scroll down a little further until it says Walk and Donate. After that, you go up to the top of the page and it says either Register or Donate. It's just that easy. Thank you, Joe and Anna. Thank you, Linda, for putting together those thoughts on the Crop Walk. We're so grateful for the energy you bring to this event, for our congregation, but also uh, for all the churches in Hamilton County that will be participating. Let us now pray for God's blessing upon all the offerings that are happening at this time in the many different ways that we can give. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the extra donations people are making. That is, many are choosing that in light of what they're not spending to put it to good use, to Help those causes throughout the world in our community and this congregation as we seek to make a difference in this world. There's so much need around us, and we appreciate all the agencies, the nonprofits, the congregations who are working to make a difference. So take these gifts, given in your name for your glory, out of the thankfulness for what you've done for us through the sacrifices of your Son, Jesus Christ. Multiply them, put them to good use. May we spend them with integrity. May we make sure that they are given with great heart and effort. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.
I invite you once again to grab your communion elements, whether it is a slice of bread or I have tortillas here or anything that you would like to celebrate with your family or wherever you are. And I have uh, grape juice here in the chalice. I'll share with you that a few weeks ago, my son uh, wanted communion for breakfast. We've been doing it uh, Thursday night worship online and he thought that was really, really cool. And so he, he's been uh, having communion at home as well. So please grab what you need and join me at the table. And today we remember a very special moment in our faith. And we celebrate this every month, hopefully, as we gather with friends and our fellow worshipers around the table of Christ where we are all invited. And on that night that we remember, Jesus shared a special meal with his closest friends. And at that meal, he took something simple, a piece of bread, but this time he blessed it, he gave it over to God, and then he broke it. And he said to his friends, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He also took the cup and he passed it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you would send out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and cup, and each one of us gathered here together using technology in a virtual way that we can still gather at the table. So send your spirit, O oh God, that these gifts will become for us the body and blood of Christ, and that we will partake and then be redeemed by the grace of Jesus Christ to be ready to go out into the world as his disciples to share your good news of love, grace, and mercy. May you unite us as one as we come to this sacred and holy time. Amen. So I invite you to take your bread in whatever form it is and remember, experience grace, and partake of the body of Christ. And take your cup, either drink or dip, however you'd like to do it, and remember the cup of salvation. And let us pray. We thank you, God, for these gifts. We thank you for the opportunity to gather at your table to experience your grace, to remember, and to be in community with others. We pray that this meal will nourish us spiritually and physically, that we may go out into the world that's so in need of good news, that we may be your disciples in all that we say and all that we do. Amen. Thank you for gathering at this holy meal with me.
few announcements to bring to your attention. Please remember the Teeter Outdoor Worship is available at 8.15 and 10 a.m. each Sunday. We will have it through every Sunday in September outdoors and also probably the first Sunday in October as well. Please remember to bask when you enter and exit the worship space, and we hope to see you out there. The Teeter Farm to Table Dinner is uh, this coming Friday, and Tuesday is the deadline for you to order your tickets for the in-person dining or the carryout as well. Those options are available. We're going to have a live stream available, a 45-minute live stream from 7.45 to 8.30 for those of you that want to do the carryout option. And we still have some seats remaining uh, for the in-person if you'd like to be a part of that great experience. Uh, tables will be socially distanced, and we're doing everything we can to make the experience as safe as possible. Uh, so please help us support the Teeter mission to fight food insecurity in Hamilton County. The Crop Walk, uh, you heard about that in the stewardship moment, but just a reminder that it's a virtual walk so you can walk anywhere. We, as of last I saw, we had almost $4,000 raised, so we're over halfway there to our goal of $7,000 raised. Please be sure to keep up to date with the Bags, Baskets, and Blessings Reimagined. They continue to try new approaches. Uh, so there is some in-person shopping available as well as the online shopping. So check the link on our website for that. And uh, don't forget to be the bridge. We'll be doing a three-week study starting next Sunday for three weeks, and we've put together some study groups. So go to our Be the Bridge graphic on the front page, and you'll find all the information that shares how to get the book ordered and also the study groups if you'd like to have discussion with others about this book. Uh, three of the four options are by Zoom, so you can do it safely. There's also one in-person option available as well. Uh, also, Jan Howe has asked that we please remember that uh, some of you like printed envelopes and we need to order those for 2021. So we'll order those printed envelopes for everyone who ordered them last year unless we hear from you. So if you want to be taken off that list, please contact Jan Howe at jhowe at nomosofirst.com or call the church office 317-773-2500. And finally, if you're new, please be sure that you uh, reach out to Bonnie Zitcraft at B. Zitcraft or call the church office and get her information. We got a free gift from you, and we'll begin the process of helping you get connected for others so that you can make this place your spiritual home, either online or in person. Thank you. We now invite you to go in the faith and the knowledge that loving like Christ means following his example, building community with the marginalized, fighting oppression, loosening chains of injustice. I hope you will take time for introspection this week, considering the life and love of Jesus Christ. Go in peace.